0: This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. A heads up to our listeners that this episode is being recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the latest in our Asia Talks podcast series. We are featuring a variety of different topics that are currently trending in Asia, and we now explore the fund distribution channels in China. Introducing the topic is HSBC Security Services, Head of UK Business Development, Asset Managers, Wayne Baton. Wayne, over to you.
0: Thanks, Gabriella. And this edition of the Asia Talks podcast will feature an overview of two principal distribution channels available for foreign asset managers looking to sell their funds to domestic Chinese investors. One, covering wealth through Wealth Management Connect, and the other, institutional through QDII, which stands for Qualified Domestic Institutional Investor. Joining me to discuss these two channels is Patrick Wong, Global Head of China Investor Services for HSBC's Markets and Security Services business. Welcome Patrick and great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks Wayne, uh, great to be Daniel.
0: Patrick, to start, let's focus on Wealth Management Connect and just to provide some further background. So, Wealth Management Connect is a new program launched in quarter 4 2021. And this allows residents in China's Greater Bay Area, a cluster of nine high-growth cities in southern China, to buy approved financial products in Hong Kong and Macau. And conversely, it lets Hong Kong and Macau residents to buy products offered by banks based in the Greater Bay Area. So essentially, it's a two-way capital flow for wealth management products. Overall, China certainly remains one of the world's most exciting wealth management markets, and the Wealth Management Connect program has been widely anticipated, given it provides an opportunity to access a large as well as wealthy population. Patrick, Wealth Management Connect is obviously an avenue of opportunity for international asset managers, particularly given the opportunity to sell their funds to Chinese residents in the Greater Bay Area. Could
1: you just give an overview of the overall market opportunity, please? Thanks, Wayne. Now, China's economy is increasingly dependent on a new set of growth drivers as traditional industry and infrastructure spending are becoming overshadowed by technology and consumer spending. This is especially true in the Greater Bay Area, which is home to around 70 million people, although it accounts for just 5% of the China's total population the combined GDP of the Greater Bay Area's 11 cities was US dollar 1.6 trillion, which is equivalent to 12% of China's GDP. The region's pavilions will likely continue due to support from the Chinese government, which has a target for the Greater Bay Area to become an international area with an integrated tech-focused economy by 2035. As you mentioned, Wayne, the Wealth Management Connect Program was launched in October 2021 for both Southbound and Northbound. Well, Southbound meaning Greater Bay Area investor investing into Hong Kong products, and Northbound where Hong Kong or Macau investor invest in Greater Bay Area products. In terms of the data we have so far, we have seen more demand in the Northbound flow via Southbound. As of end of 2021, there are 22,000 investors participating in the scheme, and around 60% is for Northbound. The cross-border rebittance volume is over RMB 400 million. There is an aggregated quota of RMB 150 billion for both Southbound and Northbound. So there is significant scope to grow the scheme.
0: Thanks, Patrick. Given that backdrop, can you just provide an overview of the types of investment strategies that are currently permitted, please?
1: As mentioned, given there is an aggregated quota of RMB 150 billion, for each Northbound and Southbound route, banks in Hong Kong and Macau will be able to partner with more than one bank in mainland China, which will be able to distribute their products. There is also a quota of RMB 1 million at individual investor level. And taking into account the barriers to travel caused by the pandemic, mainland investors will be able to open investment accounts at a local bank remotely, removing the needs for a trip to Hong Kong. For mutual funds, the wealth management connect criteria requires the fund to be Hong Kong domiciled with a medium to low risk rating determined by the distributing bank. This means the main investment strategy being brought are mainly fixed income or money market funds. Now, our understanding is that if you have a usage fund authorized in Hong Kong, you can set up a Hong Kong domicile feeder to provide access to Wealth Management Connect. This structure can be an open-ended company or we call OFC structure domiciled in Hong Kong.
0: That's really interesting. Thanks, Patrick. Given this, can you just outline some of the key considerations for international asset managers considering using Wealth Management Connect as a distribution channel, please?
1: Well, given the combined benefits of diversification and potential for high, higher yielding assets, we expect Wealth Management Connect to continue to attract high network investors. With the potential for the border to be open this year, this should also increase the demand. Also, due to the interest rate increase in the US, the products in Hong Kong will become more attractive and we do expect increasing demand. We have also been in discussions with the Hong Kong Monetary Authority on potential enhancement to Wealth Management Connect, including an expansion of product scope individual quota increases as well as cross-border sales arrangements. We expect these enhancements will come over time.
0: Thanks Patrick. So now just moving on to QDII and just to provide some further background. So effectively the QDII scheme allows Chinese domestic institutional investors that meet required criteria to invest in eligible investment products in foreign markets. The QDII program started in China in 2006 and allows five types of Chinese entities to invest abroad insurance companies, banks, trust companies, fund management companies, and securities firms. For Chinese entities that want to participate in the QDIA program, they must first receive approval from China's State Administration of Foreign Exchange, which is also responsible for establishing the investment quota amount allowed for each participant. Once approved, these entities are then allowed to make investments in the overseas markets for both themselves or on behalf of their underlying clients. Patrick, as QDII is obviously another important avenue of opportunity for international asset managers to sell their funds, this time to Chinese institutional investors,
1: could you just give an overview of the market opportunity, please? Sure, Wayne. As of end of April 2022, SAFE has approved approximately US dollar 157 billion for the whole market. Now, within those, approximately 53% of the quota is for fund or securities companies, around 23% is for banks or trust companies locally, with the remaining quota being taken by insurance companies. Now, the Chinese regulator has also continued to grant additional QDII quota to the market in the past two years, with more than US dollar fifty billion of quota being approved just for the past two years.
0: Thanks, Patrick. Based on this, what investment strategies do you see the greatest demand for from QDII investors? And also, can you just expand on the opportunity for usage funds, please?
1: Well, for fund companies, they will structure products onshore, investing into overseas assets directly. The more popular investment mandates are U.S. treasuries, U.S. equities, European fixed income, and Hong Kong equities. For banks, their preference is to invest via offshore mutual funds, including UCITS. For insurance companies, they will typically invest into offshore fixed income. With the weakening of the remedy, there is more and more demand from domestic investors in China to diversify their assets overseas. The interest rate tightening in the U.S. will also increase the demand as local investors demand higher yielding assets. This includes U.S. dollar denominated bonds issued by local issuers. We have also seen onshore fund managers investing into emerging markets, including India and Vietnam. An example of this is HSBC's recent appointment as global custodian for the first QDII fund launched by Tianhong Asset Management Company. Tianhong are one of the largest asset manager companies in China and started investing into Vietnam in 2020. And this has proved really popular with their investors. In terms of usage, as mentioned, bank's preference is to invest into offshore mutual funds, including usage. As an example, HSBC China has structured QTRI products which are feeding into the offshore usage funds. This has proven very popular with our clients and we see significant growth potential for this.
0: Thanks, Patrick. And some really interesting insights there. I just uh, I just wanted to thank you again for your time on the podcast and hopefully that has helped the audience gain an overview of two key distribution channels for international asset managers targeting Chinese investors. Gabriella, back to you.
1: Thanks so much, Wayne and Patrick. Um, also for me, it's been really insightful. I would like to thank you for listening to this edition in our series of Asia Talks podcasts. We hope that you enjoyed learning more about fund distribution channels in China. Stay tuned for more from our podcasts as we explore more trends in the coming weeks.
0: Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint, Banking and Markets. For more information about anything you've heard in this podcast, or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings,
1: please visit gbm.hsbc.com.